This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, the slightly unwell Ian Doyle. Joining me today, I'm glad to say, is our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pearce. Hi, Jay. Hello, Ian. And also, we've got Echo Sports' finest. It's Christian Walsh. Hi, Hello, Christian. Ian. Hello, Ian. How are you? Yeah. Did you enjoy that? Yeah. 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 I, just thought it'd be, I thought it'd be nice. I thought it'd be nice to the pair of you. Very unlike you, Ian. He's unwell. I said it was unwell, didn't I? Yeah. So there you go. Now, James, me and the, as we say in my neck at Woods, uh, we were at Anfield on Monday, <clears throat> and we were there to attend Liverpool's media day ahead of the Champions League final on Saturday against Real Madrid. Amongst the many people who were, were up for a chat were Mr Klopp, Sadio Mane and Dejan Lovren. Uh, but before that they had an open training session and Emery Chan and James Milner were both uh, training normally. They were, yeah. I think um, obviously Milner is a, is a massive plus seeing him clearly over that injury problem that kept him out of the last Premier League game against Brighton. Um, you know, his wealth of experience is going to be absolutely key in Kiev on, on Saturday night. Had a, had a fantastic season. Um, you know, Chan, I think, you know, may be an option for the bench. I certainly don't think he'd be anywhere near uh, the starting lineup. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it gives Klopp a, another option. Um, yeah, the, to be honest, obviously, usually with those European open training sessions, you just there for the first 15 minutes and then they uh, they kick you off mm. you, so you only really see a bit of stretching and a bit of some shuttle runs and that's that's your lot but um so we got to sit through the whole session and um, yeah i think you know if, if any of them are feeling the pressure then they've show, you know have uh, have found a, found a very good way to hide it because they looked in, incredibly relaxed and in in good spirits and um yeah i think you know i think you can sense as well from the from the players and and the manager that don't think any of them are overawed by what's what's facing them. I think you know at the moment it's you know, excitement seems to be the overriding emotion. I mean, we spoke to Jan Molby last week, Christian. He was out in Marbella when Liverpool were on their their training camp over there, and he he said what James just said. Then he couldn't believe how relaxed they were. And this is somebody who has been involved in the European Cup final with Liverpool, so he, he knows what it's like. But he just said they looked like they were just having a laugh. Basically, I, I think this all comes down to Klopp. I was very interested to watch him on Monday. And the way he was speaking, and 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 how sure he was when he's talking about his own team in terms of what a good football team they are, you know how dangerous they can be, how much he trusts his players, how he has told them not to change their style of play for the last game of the season because if he did that, that would put doubts in their minds. There's no doubt in my mind that this is where, you know, everybody talks about Klopp's man management and they think it's all, you know. The, the hugs and and and, and the, the the pats on the backside and that sort of thing, but I think that is the true man management is is when your manager believes in your ability. You know, I did a very long retrospective over the past eight years, and uh, <laughs> which is which people is, might have just about finished it now. Yeah, yeah. just about <laughs> uh, war and peace. And but you know, it did strike me. I was you know going back over the last eight years, Liverpool always could bring to mind the uh, the semi final against uh, Aston Villa where Brendan Rodgers. Seemingly lost any sort of, of of idea of what his players was meant to do. He lost all trust in his players, so he decided to change things three times in one half. You know, with Klopp, he implicitly trusts every single player who goes onto that pitch to do their job and to do it to the best of their ability. And I think that is is why you're seeing a, a very relaxed, a very 
at ease Liverpool side uh, going into this um, final on Saturday because they know the manager backs them. He's telling them how good they are. They know they're good. They know Real Madrid are good, and he said that as well. But ultimately, for Jurgen Klopp, what he's what he's telling the players is, is if you try your best, then who knows what can happen. Picking up on that, Jake, a couple of things that uh, Jurgen Klopp did say in his in his in his open press conference to the to the whole media. He did say that Liverpool need to be brave, and he kind of suggested, as Christian said, that they're not going to change the style to play against Real Madrid because when they did try to stay. Uh, change the style against Manchester City and Roma. He said they nearly got knocked out. Yeah, I don't think there's there's no way is there that he'll change the way this Liverpool team play. I think you know, I was down at Melwood last week when he did a a bit of a sit down chat with the the Sunday papers and he, he kind of touched upon it a bit then as well about how you know he said he, he just he wouldn't sit right with him if you know he said he th- he thought that the players would say to him you know well why would we change you know this this brand of football has got us where we are so why why would we do that? And I think that's a hundred percent the right approach. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're just gung ho and don't pay any attention to to what damage Real Madrid can do you at the other end. Um, I think it will be you know, even. I think even in those games where Liverpool have blitzed teams this season, there's still been a a real structure and discipline to the way they've gone about things. Um, you, know, you think about the the game against Man City at home and and Roma at home as well. You know, even Roma at home. Even though you know they got found themselves five nil up at one point, you know, that the opening twenty twenty five minutes was 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 pretty cagey, and Liverpool took time to to settle. Um, but uh, but no, I think there's no doubt that's not kidology. I think he will he will be positive. He he knows that you know this the massive strength of this Liverpool team is what they can do to teams with that potent front three. Um, you know, I think a big a big part of the, the game is clearly going to be you know. Wrestling that foothold in 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 midfield, with you know I think what fills me with a lot of optimism is the, the form that Jordan Henderson's been in 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 the, of late, and when has been much improved, obviously Milner being fit, fit again, because I think you know, there's no doubt that if if that area if Liverpool can get some kind of control there, then that that front three will cause Real Madrid a lot of problems. Well, I think other thing that uh, Jurgen Klopp said, Christian, regards to something that it sounded a bit strange at the time. He said that. One of the big things I've managed to do this season is to have the fans like the players, <laughs> and I think what he was getting at was that he said, rather than say, "We need to sign somebody else," "We need to sign somebody else," "We need to sign somebody else," I think he's referring to certain individuals. We may as well name one of them, Lovren being one of them. You know, there's certain players that Henderson being another that aren't haven't always been favourites with the supporters, but a lot of them now just see them as players, Liverpool players, and somebody that they can get 100% behind rather than always waiting for some kind of a state where they can then jump on them. I mean, Klopp clearly doesn't have social media, but uh, that's, that's another that's another. I think issue. he may be referring to people in the stadium. In the stadium, yeah, and he's right. It it, it does feel like, for, for, for quite a while now, Liverpool fans, to be fair, haven't had much to get behind in, in terms of Liverpool. They, they, they won the uh, Carlin Cup in 2012, and, and since then it's been pretty bad, and they obviously got behind... The team in twenty fourteen, but you know it's it's not rocket science. It's 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 human nature that you will support success, and you know Liverpool haven't had much success in 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 recent years, and and there's no there's no hiding that fact. So, you know, you think after say the the game against Sevilla in Baal in twenty sixteen, you know if that result goes a different way, then you know Daniel Daniel Sturridge is lauded because he scored a winner in a 
in the Europa League final and the uh, great lost goal of Liverpool's it's history brilliant. Well, 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 levels, yeah. brilliant goal absolutely brilliant and now he's just seen as a, a complete nutted afterforce and you know he's on holiday while his teammates are, are playing you've had Alberto Moreno who I think anybody who was in that St Jakob Park that night would have happily driven him back to Seville rather than Liverpool such was the uh, such was the performance you know there were other players there Henderson obviously he didn't get on that night but he's he's been seen as a, an issue Lovren is, is another obvious one scapegoats players who Carius Carius was another one now you look at it you look at those scenes in Rome after the full time whistle um, and you know make no mistake it, every single one of those players was, was was receiving the adulation obviously you know Salah's name is, is so most more than any other then you've obviously got Firmino who gets his name chanted uh, you've got Mane as well Klopp's name can get it Andy Robertson somebody else as well but even the ones who don't have songs Van Dijk everybody now appreciates him they, they, they enjoy watching him as you say Carius there's a, there's a real sort of you know go on lad sort of vibe to it when he comes out, out confidently off his line and gives it a good punch all those sorts of players there's Trent obviously he hasn't got a song but he's very much you know the fan on good the good luck getting Alexander Arnold into a song I was thinking that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what song has six syllables uh, so it, it very much is and, and I think this, this is something that Klopp has wanted to do since he, since he arrived and it's something that he's been really keen to push with in terms of you know when he came he remembered that, that Crystal Palace game when he turned around 82 minutes in Scott Dan scores and he sees after main stand getting up and leaving and I, that, I think it really shocked him and I think he's sort of made it his, his mission ever since to try and build that bond back with the players we obviously saw it and it was mocked at the time with West, West Brom, Brom, yeah. Brom yeah, everybody oh how can you celebrate a good draw with West Brom every little helps in terms of, of what Jürgen Klopp's been trying to do there and what you see now is yes the success helps but what it's been is that they play a sort of football that fans can can recognise and, and can empathise with and, and can get behind and and it's a, it's much easier to enjoy football when it's when it's played with such swagger. There was a certain sense, James, at the press conference or the media day on Monday that Liverpool were quite keen to draw a line under all their commitments away from the actual game itself and now they'll be able to from Tuesday onward just crack on, won't they now? Yeah, I think there's no doubt about that. Obviously there was a fair bit of media activity I think over in Marbella um, last week on the on the training camp there and obviously the, the, the rest of their duties were carried out at Anfield on Monday and I think yeah Klopp well, um, I think that's you know a, pretty much a three line whip in terms of that's it then you know he wants those four days building up to the final to, to the, the focus to be purely on you know their plans at Melwood um, and, and wants the players to kind of you know, be able to just Get away from from all that hype and and, and all the and all the media build up to the, to the big night. I think you know going on what adding to what Chris said then before. I think the big thing with this team is it is a very honest team and they're full of likable individuals. I think when you look at you know it's testament to the recruitment that Klopp's overseen as well. Not just the talent he's brought in, but the types of personalities as well. You know, there's no giant egos. You know, there's even when the chips have been down this season at times you know there hasn't you know you, you don't there's no kind of little breakaway groups in the dressing room or anything like that it's um you know that unity is is real it's not just you know it's not just a a snappy soundbite you know you see it and it and it's it's come to the fore when liverpool have had their backs to the wall at times you know especially you know in that first half against man city um i mean yeah you go you know you go through the team there's so many kind of great stories isn't there in terms of players that have had tough times and have, have come back from that and I think you know fans admire that and respect it don't they I, I think, think even 
I was going to say, you know, even even with you know two players we mentioned before, then in Henderson and Lovren, I think even even their critics, you know, would 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 have to admit now that you know, do you know what? Actually, fair play, you've proved me wrong. I, you know, I didn't think there was a player there. I mean, Lovren's just an unbelievable story. When you think, you know, being substituted after half an hour, humiliated at Wembley. We back were in there. Weren't we? We, it was yeah. just it was the most. It was the, I think I yeah. called the worst half hour yeah. performance in Liverpool shirts. Yeah, I remember people were saying then he'll, he'll never play for the club again. And I remember the tweet and I'm like, well. He will play for the club yeah. again. <laughs> you just have to look at the numbers yeah. in terms of how many centre backs Klopp's got. He's got to get into his head and, and and get him back on track. And obviously, at the time, people are like, no, "Don't be ridiculous. That's it. He'll never play for Liverpool again." And now he's going to be walking out in a in a Champions League final. And yeah, I, I like the way you know Lovren at, at um, Anfield on Monday was talking. You know, not yeah, what I like about him. He's not not too proud. Like he was he was the first to admit that. Yeah, do you know what? I've massively benefited from Van Dyke coming in, and and how he said it. You know, he feels a lot more confident with, you know, that that composed organisational presence alongside him, um, and, and you know they have hit it off as a as a double act, and yeah, Lovren deserves massive massive praise when you think of some of the the tough times he's had at he's had at Liverpool, um, and yeah, there's, there's stories like that right way through the team, isn't it? I think you know the, the, the this group of players. You know, they have they they genuinely have established a real bond with the fans, and of course, success helps, and also the manner in which they've won games. But you know, there is there is also you know a lot of endearing qualities to these players. I mean, it's always been said that Klopp is the perfect manager for Liverpool because of the way he is as a person and that the team is the, is the image of him, and it's partly in the sense that the you know it's the whole we've got to be in it together, never go up, never say die. And as James just said, all the way through the team, you can, it's almost like you can make the entire first eleven near enough. Is a players who at some point have been written off as ever being able to reach the standard that they would then see them play a couple of days away from a Champions League final. I mean, you mentioned Law from Henderson. You can even mention you know Salah. You know, at Chelsea, people thought, well, he's never going to make it. Firmino was a number nine. He's now the epitome of a modern centre forward. Even Sadio Mane, the course of this season. People yeah. were thinking, oh, well, perhaps he's not quite as good. When Alden, two years ago, relegated. Yeah. Uh, Robert Milner, Milner, Milner was left, left back yeah. last yeah. season. He was as far Squad away from the injury as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Andy Robertson. He, people thought, why the earth did they bought him when they didn't see him for something like two yeah. or three months? Van Dijk, is, his story is almost Liverpool's redemption, mm. isn't it? Because of the way that the transfer didn't happen last summer and... I was quite critical of that, and they've ended up, you know, keeping the faith in these coming, and they've shown why they've spent all the money. Trent Alexander-Arnold, being a youngster, you do have to prove yourself, and he's having to do that on a continual basis. Then, as we mentioned, carries as well. And I just think this this almost stems back. I mean, you think back to when Coutinho's storage came, you know, all the way back in twenty thirteen. They they were two players who had something to prove, and 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 when you get players like that. They naturally, the 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 fees a little bit lower. Maybe you get good value for money, and although Liverpool have, have not been scared to splash the cash, at the same time the, there are those little quirks in the transfer market where somebody like Andy Robertson, because he's been written off, because oh he was relegated the whole last season, you get a player for eight million pounds. You've got a player like you know Mohamed Salah. If he had been a success at Chelsea. There's no way in in hell that he would have been yeah. thirty six million pounds from Roma. He would if he'd have done something at Chelsea. Probably you could argue he wouldn't have been at Roma in the first place. But the, you, the point you, stands. Because you have to look at other signings like Torres and Suarez and people like that. They always came with 
this is the next step, can they do it or in the past have they been able to do it, perhaps not. I mean, whenever Liverpool have had a track record of signing you know, the ready-made talent, it hasn't normally mm. worked out, has Yeah, it? exactly, so it's, it is all about bringing in these players. And I think that, that's down to, obviously, the recruitment team have, have done really well. You look at this team and, you know, you, you would say almost to a man it is a, you know, I think Henderson aside um, and maybe Milner. Uh, I think you would say that it's it's very much a you know a win for a win for the the, the, the much favoured transfer committee, but whatever it is now, it's a, it's a win for the people who draw up the strategy. It's a win for Jurgen Klopp because he takes these players, he assesses them not only as players but as people, and you know we talked last season about he doesn't want anybody who wants to jump on the train. He only wants players who push the train. He's got a team here who will will stand behind that train and they've pushed it all the way to Kiev. Interesting line there. Uh, I wrote a piece, uh, I think, asking the question on Saturday of whether or not this was Liverpool's biggest game in their history. And I've concluded yes <laughs> on a number of a various number of categories. And it's how you define a game being big. Now, for example, is this the biggest club game you can play in? Yes. Yes. So by definition, it's therefore one of the eight biggest games they've ever played in. Yeah. Yeah. But the way that the Champions League is now compared to the European Cup when they were winning it in the 70s and 80s doesn't have the same global even exposure even Istanbul doesn't have to say and they're playing against Real Madrid with a team who've won it more times than anybody else and Liverpool the way that they are now they're being talked about as one of the most exciting teams in world club world football which we can't argue with and it's not very often that happens so in that sense all eyes are on it yeah I think you've made a bit of a case there Ian actually thank I, you I, you, you, did, you I did that much time for your question initially yeah. but um, yeah I think I can I can see that I think yeah, it would be massive, wouldn't it? I think on every level in terms of, you know, for a start, six years without winning any trophies. You know, obviously, And then to end it by winning the yeah, Champions League. Winning yeah, winning the biggest one of the lot um, would be sensational. I think you know, Klopp always speaks about how you know, the, that first trophy is the most difficult win, one to win as a group. And then you know, I think it was fascinating listening to Sunus and, and Doug Leash for an LFC TV special. Um, when we were kings that they've put together and they, they were saying then about how you know that that first one you just want more you know because then you you, you buzz off the memory of, of that and the memory of the Dobish was talking about the, the parade saying that you know if, if anyone wants any inspiration for this weekend show the players the scenes you know around St George's Hall or whatever and you know in 78 and 81 and 84 and just what it was like to be a, a part of that so I think yeah it would it would just be immense i think i think also in terms of I, i've been on a lot of the pre-season tours with liverpool over the last 10 years and in, in fact especially in 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 the the far east i'd actually noticed that crowds were starting to dwindle a bit and when you actually speak to people over there although we we always talk about this amazing global support liverpool have got suddenly you did look around and you thought well actually you know there's a lot of Ties in Bangkok, wearing Man City shirts or Chelsea shirts, and 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 then suddenly you realise well, actually it's 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 the hit, Liverpool have got the history, but they haven't got you know when you actually look at the the modern era, it's you know it's pre- the cupboard's been pretty bare in terms of success. I mean, obviously Istanbul, you know Liverpool have dined out on that for a long, long time. But Thirteen years ago now. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a whole almost a whole generation, a whole generation of fans, yeah, yeah who have who have come through. You know, on you know, tales of Istanbul, and I don't think anything, I don't see how anything could top Istanbul in terms of just the manner in which that was won. But th- yeah, this would be huge, you know, not only for Liverpool on the field, but off it as a commercial force, 
in terms of you know basically announcing themselves back you know alongside Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich as an absolute global powerhouse. Is it only huge though, Christian, if they win? You can't you can't answer. <laughs> <laughs> good, good radio. Good radio. I'm a it's a good question that. Well done Ian. I, I think I get paid for asking questions. I think I think it's different, isn't it, to say Istanbul because I think Liverpool lost Liverpool lost in Istanbul against AC Milan, for example. It felt like it was such a, a, an event where everything was going right for Liverpool, and you know they needed to win it there and then, and that would, that was their one chance to win it. Because if they didn't, Steam Jar would have left. They wouldn't have been in the Champions League next, the Champions season, League next season. season. Exactly, that would have knocked them back. I think it's still with Liverpool. A defeat is not. I wouldn't say that it was terminal, not the right way, but a defeat is not absolutely devastating long term for Liverpool because I think that I don't think it will change anything next summer, um, or this summer, whatever way you want to look at it, the, the, the summer following the Champions League final. I don't think it'll change the you know the targets because they're in the Champions League next season. I think the way Klopp and his team have got the way it's structured now is that he knows his targets, he knows you know how to improve this team, he knows where it needs to be improved, and I don't think lifting that trophy will necessarily change that I mean you look at you look at the Europa League final they lost that alright that stopped them from getting the Champions League but it still didn't stop them from having that making that next step making that jump back into the top four so, so it's we- big it's big I, I think it's I think it's I still think regardless of win or lose it's, 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 it's the biggest game Liverpool have ever played and I think people will you know I think Liverpool fans will reflect upon that either way but at the same time weirdly even though it's the biggest game, I don't think it would be the biggest blow if yeah. they lost it. It's, yeah. And I think that helps Liverpool massively in terms of the preparations psychologically in the build-up to the game because I think they've I, only I, got one thing to worry about, haven't they? Win the game. Yeah, but I, and I think also there's no, they shouldn't. The fear of losing shouldn't be weighing heavily on their minds because I think I agree with Chris. I don't think the defeat in the final to Real Madrid, it obviously it would be heartbreaking, but. It wouldn't. It wouldn't change the fact this has been a fantastic season. It felt like two years ago when Liverpool went to to Basel for the final of the Europa League that it was that was absolute make or break. That because the, the league season had fallen to bits or we finished like eighth mm. or something, that Liverpool had to win that final for that season to be regarded as a success, and they didn't. Fell fell to pieces in the second half, and it, and it felt. You know, it, I, I just feel like there, there was more at stake that night than, than there was this Saturday night in a way and obviously the prize is so much bigger but I think you know, Liverpool, this Liverpool team have exceeded all expectations the fact they've finished in the top four of the Premier League um, they've got that box off they have, it's not like I think it would be different if you go into Saturday knowing not only is there the trophy at stake but being in the Champions League next season be, having that cash injection being able to attract elite talent I think all of, all of that all of those boxes have already been ticked and I think that makes Liverpool more dangerous as an opponent I was going to say is there more pressure on Real Madrid then because they're the yeah, ones that are definitely. eight they're the ones that are eight they're not the favourites they are the favourites yeah, I disagree yeah. with that they haven't won anything this season and they're always expected to win quite yeah. a lot and Zidane we, although he has never lost a Champions League tie which is ridiculous given <laughs> but he's been, been in charge for two and a half years He's going to be under pressure if they don't come back with, with something because they've yeah. been so far behind Barcelona in La Liga. And it's the fact that they've got that... They're going for this third title in a row, 
first team since Bayern Munich in 1976 to do that. There's not many teams, I think it's only Ajax and Real Madrid themselves who've done that as well. More pressure on them? Massively. I think there's massive pressure. I, I mean, I've, I don't... The air is into the ground in Spain, but I do wonder, you know, is is, is Zidane's job under pressure a little bit there? Because... You know, as mad as it sounds, it will. Be. Yeah, if he was to lose the final to Liverpool, there'd be. You'd feel like he's an enigma, Zidane, because I I couldn't tell you his tactics. I don't know. Be, I think everybody sort of assumes that he's just inherited this great you're, side, you which say, he has. You say that, but you say that, but Xabi uh, Alonso's done a interview, I think, over in Spain to um, uh, Monday it was, and he basically said that both teams will play exactly the way that they normally play because for Liverpool can only play one way. As we discussed, but Real Madrid have been at it so ingrained in them over the past two, three, four years that all the players know exactly where they need to be. I mean, I think something like it could be as many as eight or nine of the starters from the the twenty fourteen final or something like that are going to be played. It's incredible, but what I would say is that Real Madrid will never have played a team like Liverpool in a Champions League final. Never, certainly this group of players. Atletico and Juventus are far different propositions mm, yeah. than Liverpool. I mean, both stylistically and. I mean, what you could say there is they obviously knew Atletico so very, very well in terms of they, they obviously the City rivals, they play in the same league. They have that hex over Atletico as well, in a way, so that was always there for them. And then Juventus, we know all about Juventus, we know what they do. No, they play do. Juventus every week, don't they? The, the it feels like it doesn't, yeah. it? so we're familiar with them anyway. And Juventus and Liverpool are diametrically opposed, they won't have played a team like Liverpool. But... By the same token, Liverpool want to play the team like Real Madrid, because I think we were talking about this in the office earlier in the day. That okay, Liverpool beat Manchester City, who are probably the team that's as Christian says stylistically nearest to Real Madrid. Yeah. But Liverpool are very familiar with Manchester City because they play them at least twice a, twice a season. Klopp's played them quite a lot and beaten them most times. Those but, Guardiola as well. Yeah. Obviously. So Liverpool against Real, you know, coming against the Real Madrid team, are they going to know what to expect, or is it? Or is both sides got a sense of. I think, as we said, what was it? Sleepwalking into sleepwalking into a shellacking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does feel a bit like that. Yeah, I, I, that's why I think it is a very difficult one to to call because I think I think if if Real Madrid do what we think they'll do and just come out and play and uh, when I have seen them quite recently, they seem to have quite a high defensive line as well, which you just think you know surely. Liverpool be absolutely licking their lips at the prospect of getting in behind that. Rather oddly, Sergio Ramos did an interview with the... Well, it's not odd that he did an interview, but what he said was slightly strange, where he said that we're looking to play and get out Liverpool on the counter-attack. So you can't watch many Liverpool games because Liverpool tend to play on the counter-attack. So yeah. are they just expecting an entire game of people and they just sitting back and they're just going Yeah, I mean, I, you, just, you struggle to see it being anything other than a ridiculously open game. With a lot of goals, because I just I don't I just don't see either team being able to contain the other one. Um, you know, I think the big thing for Liverpool in this European run has been their ability to take games away from opponents with like a 10, 15 minute burst that just leaves opponents going, what you know, what the hell have we just been hit with? But, but Graeme Souness was speaking about this at the weekend, and he said Liverpool could easily do that against Real Madrid, but they played teams like when they played good teams such as Manchester City and Tottenham, both at Anfield they've managed to not so much weather that but they've then come back and had their own surge and it may be a case of how Liverpool, how Liverpool cope when Real Madrid have their surge is how the game's going to be decided yeah and I think that's because I think I think that's fair so I think Liverpool will score probably at least twice I think wow I that's think. A, quite a statement there from the game I, I, I honestly think so I honestly think so but the problem the thing Real is Madrid will score at least yeah, twice well, that's the thing that's why well this, you know, the, that, the, that, that back line of 
you know, you know Van Dyke and, and Lovren, you know, that defensive axis, Trent, you know, Robertson, they're, they're going to, that, that's, that's going to be so key, isn't it? Because I think there's no way that Real Madrid will keep Liverpool's front three quiet. The problem is, how quiet can Liverpool well, keep, well, keep their front three? Here's a stat for you. Only once since 1962 has a team scored more than once in a Champions League final and lost, and that was AC Milan in, in, against Liverpool in Istanbul. So that does suggest that if you're thinking it's going to be two all or three all, it's, it's slightly unusual. But then this entire game, Christian, is slightly unusual in itself, isn't it? It, it re- I mean, for the neutral, this must be one of the most highly anticipated yeah. Champions League finals of all time because it's it's just it's 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 like the Roma game, but on a, on another level because mm. Roma will, will, will only had one intent and, and Real Madrid are going to be the exact same. It's two absolute heavyweights, you know. You think about nineteen eighty one. Obviously, I wasn't born. Um, James. So how are you how are you thinking about nineteen eighty one? If you weren't born, I was three. DVDs. He was I was, three. I was five. eighteen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they, you know, My parents you saw, went to that game by the way. Really? Yeah. But Real Madrid were different then, weren't they? And you know, they they obviously had the the pedigree of the the fifties and the and the sixties, well, but it's, were it's not the recent so, one. Liverpool now are Real Madrid then in terms of the standing because they're a team who did have the history in the European Cup they haven't won it for quite a lot of years and then you know, Real Madrid now have won it three in the last four and Liverpool then were going for three and three and five I think it was I mean this will end to your 30 balls of being the biggest game I've, I honestly think if Liverpool were to win this this would be bigger than Istanbul in terms of not the way they win it, obviously unless they went from 3-0 down to, or 4-0 down to, to win 5-4 in, in extra time but I think it just feels like Back in Istanbul, and you know, you're the one sort of cloud because it was amazing and, and everything, but it really did feel like a, a, a boxer who was really punching above its weight. But you know, it really it was one last it, they were drinking the last chance saloon, weren't they? And they somehow managed to, to get past last orders. Whereas with this Liverpool side, it feels like they are one of the best teams in Europe. I don't yeah. think there's a doubt about that. They are playing one of the best teams in Europe. It's an absolute heavyweight clash between two giants who giants from the past. And potentially giants of the future, and two teams who are probably in amongst the top four or five in Europe now. And if Liverpool were to to beat Real Madrid over ninety minutes, one hundred twenty minutes in a penalty shootout, however, if they managed to do that, it would just solidify Liverpool as, as something that I don't think they've been able to call themselves even after Istanbul, and that is you know one of the best teams in the world. Yeah, I think I think that's right because I think this this Liverpool team, and I think this is big for Klopp as well in terms of getting his players in the right mindset for the final is. I'm sure you'll be stressing to them that they deserve to be there. It's not like they've had some easy route to the final and they've they've been lucky and and ground out results here and there. You know, they Liverpool have absolutely lit up the Champions League this season. So there's absolutely there's no inferiority complex. I mean, we've spoken before, haven't we, about obviously the last time Liverpool came face to face with Real Madrid and you know the embarrassment of that. That the attitude was almost like don't get me started just, on that. <laughs> it was it was wasn't it? It was just like. Well, it's just be being on the same pitch as them is like an achievement in itself again, and we can't possibly be expected to beat them. But you know, when you get three 0 pasting at Anfield and people are you know fans are applauding Real Madrid and and then you go over there and you play a weakened team and afterwards it's like you know patting each other on the back and we did all right there only to get beat one 0 and obviously I think now there will be a genuine belief that they do belong on the same pitch as them and. I think the other thing that Sunas was talking about on this LFC TV programme that, that was interesting is he, he said he felt like in all three European Cups finals that he won, 
the opponent never actually had a go at them. You know, you said about uh, Liverpool were obviously the, the absolute yeah. dominant force then, a bit like Real Madrid are now. And he said there's no doubt that he, he said he felt there was an aura around Liverpool that teams would wouldn't try and take them on. And and he, he was talking about how this Real Madrid team has an aura about them. But you know, I think as we've seen from Klopp all season, there's there's absolutely no way that. Liverpool will be overawed by by what's facing them, and I think that's the key. I think Real Madrid, when I said they won't have faced a team like Liverpool, I mean that stylistically, and I also mean that in terms of mentality because yeah. Atletico Madrid play to contain them, Juventus to a large degree play to contain them. Barcelona, to be fair, have a go. They do, they do, and Barcelona have knocked them out of the Champions League over two legs. I mean, this is a one-legged game. This is this is just one tie, but they they. Will not have come against up against the team. We'll stare them in the face and, and throw haymakers with them. Right, I think that should do us. Join us later this week where we will further look ahead to the final. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.